Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic Wazubi. My name is Zubi and if you are brand new to this show, this show is all about a little known card game called Magic the Gathering where I discuss and bring on people in the Magic community about all things Magic the Gathering when it comes to content creation, cosplaying, pro players, and more. Um, I also, when I have my solo episodes, I discuss everything Magic related. Um, geez, anything from Standard to Modern Legacy, Commander, Limited, all sorts of good stuff. And this week we brought on a guest called S. Sung, who is a puremtgo.com writer. Uh, they write a lot of magic articles, uh, some good stuff. They've also got a YouTube channel, and they also stream on Twitch. And I guess before we begin the interview here, uh, let's just get some announcements out of the way. Um, I am scheduled to be at Grand Prix Orlando from August 10th through the 12th. That's coming up really, really, really soon. Um, Grand Prix Atlanta from November 2nd through the 4th. Uh, magic Wazubi can be found on Facebook.com slash on Twitter at MagicWizubi, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore Zuby. Um, you can email me at gmail at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Uh, the podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio in your favorite podcast app. Uh, we're also on YouTube if you just search for Magic with Zuby. Um, it, the, the channel is under Nerd Archetype Network. That's sort of the umbrella of the Magic with Zuby podcast um, because that also covers the VCR gaming podcast that I do as well as there's going to be some other future content coming out of there as well. Maybe not on YouTube, but I'm also trying to think of building a website. I just need time. I don't have time. Um, Magic Wazubi is sponsored by the following, LegitMTG.com. If you need any sealed Magic product or Magic singles and your order is over $2 or more, LegitMTG has got you. They will give you free shipping for any order over $2 or more. How can you beat that? You can't. Um, Manatraders.com. If you are tired of buying singles on Magic Online and you just want to rent a deck, that's where Manatraders has got your back. Check out Manatraders.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use coupon code MTGZUBY. That's MTGZUBY for 15% off your first three months. Um, Manatraders.com is definitely worth it. All the people that have signed up with it using my coupon code, they have come back and told me, like, this is so worth it. They wish they had something like this years and years ago where they didn't have to spend all that money just to play, um, you know, games on Magic Online. And it's worth it, too. Like, if you're going to be playing a lot of leagues and events, just rent the deck instead of buying all the cards that you need, right? I mean, unless you really, really, really want to keep the cards, there are options for that as well, too, on Manatraders.com. You can buy the cards you want as well. You don't, it's not just a rental service. So definitely check them out. They're a really good group of people there. And um, yeah, let's just get some other ads out of the way, and we'll get you right to the interview. Thank you. Man, I wish there were others who liked retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh god, my house! Uh. 
Okay, hey everybody, Zuby here, and I am with S. Sung, and you are a writer over at puremtgo.com, and I brought you on here today to, I guess, let's talk about magic here. Um, I guess to start off with, if you want to introduce yourself and give a little about yourself, um, that'd be great. Mm. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm S. Sung, <laughs> <laughs> as you already know. And, well, I write for puremtgo.com and because, well, I'm a magic player and I play on Magic Online for the past few years. So, um, and I felt the need to share some of my ideas or or thoughts about uh, magic. So I started writing and so that's what I do now. Um, Now, What do you primarily write exactly? Um... I wanted to write uh, about vintage because that's uh, the format I play the most. Um, but unfortunately, because the community is kind of broken up, um, I decided to write just about all the kind of things I like. So I started writing about legacy. Uh, it's primarily the eternal formats, uh, so like uh, vintage uh, and legacy. But I also wrote uh, about Monte Carlo Singleton. Yeah, from time to time, we also write about standard and limited. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I see it looks like you've been a writer on there for about two years now. Um, what have you liked about being a writer on there so far? Uh, the community is great. <laughs> um, I cannot try, I don't know. Um, how to express that, but uh, <laughs> when I played uh, here, you know, like in our country at our local game stores, uh, the people are not really like a community. It's like there's a lot of competition and many of those players want to go to do Pro Tour and there's also a lot of hate between the players oh, and toxicity in, in general towards the new players or players that are somehow different. So when a new player comes, then they have a really hard time to actually, you know, like stay there and not be insulted or something like that. And so one day uh, I simply had enough of that because, you know, I I went to a local legacy tournament and I went 3-1 and then I dropped because I just couldn't deal with the people. And so I was like, okay, um, I'll start playing on Magic Online and if, if we... I'll see if it will work out for me or not. And I found out that uh, people there actually want to talk. They want to play magic and have fun yeah. by play, playing the game. And that is something that I never really like experienced here in real life. So I was like, um, it gave me, um, well, let's say you hope for the game <laughs> or for me as yeah. a player. Because I find another place I could play. And... People were interested in my opinions, so I started writing, and it was like one of the best things that happened to me uh, in 2016. So. Oh, that's good, that's good. So essentially you started playing online because of the toxic environment that's over there in your country. Yes. Is that just in your area maybe, or or is that just all over from what you found? Well, it is possible that it's uh, more uh, local um, because if you go like to the other end of the republic, then uh, the people are more, you know, like mm, there. Well, the thing is that they don't like people from this uh, from Prague, or uh, so there's still okay. some kind of uh, really. 
I don't know if I can say hate, but it's just, it's really strange. I mean, if you come there, because you can hear it, you know, we have different accents there. So yeah. um, those people are like, oh, you're from Prague. Well, we don't like you and whatever. <laughs> and you could also see it at uh, big uh, events um, in the past. Uh, there were judges that were, you know, like favoring their players in that was uh, really bad. But I think that it's the worst here in the capital. Okay. Because we are too lazy and we can choose where we want to play and we can play magic every day, you know. So, I mean, like, um, it's... Um, for us, the community aspect is, well, it's not that big. <laughs> now, and and ju- just so the, the audience knows, uh, what country are you from? Uh, it's uh, Czech Republic. Czech Republic, okay. And have you lived there all your life? Uh, not really, but, well, <laughs> I came here... <laughs> came back and tried to find my way in life here um okay okay nice so i mean that's always been a big problem with you know that's always been a big thing online where people talk about how magic communities especially in real life can be toxic i mean i've experienced similar stuff here in the states and it's and i think one of the big problems that i've come across personally is while i may not experience like you know outright sexism or hate or anything like that but the big thing that i experience a lot and it's i've, I've also talked about this in previous episodes is the immaturity of the mm-hmm. community that yes. can be around here and it's and i'm i'm going on 32 here and there are a lot of times i just get sick and tired of the immaturity i mean coming from from guys that are almost in their forties and all that stuff and still don't have their life together. And just, I don't know. You, you probably understand what I mean. And it's just, ha- and they take this card game so seriously. And it's just like, come on, I, I get it. People have aspirations to be a pro player and all that stuff. That's great for them. And, but I don't know, just don't act like an ass hat about it, I guess. Is the best thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I wonder uh, about that too because uh, I found out that, um, you know, there are people that uh, they are really jerks when you play magic with them. I mean, if you meet at the tournament and play, mm-hmm. they, they are capable of being really like little kids, you know. Like, and, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, suddenly when you meet them outside of the magic or of the tournament, they are suddenly totally fine. I mean, there <laughs> There was one player that I played against in in Vintage, and he was really mean to me, and he he didn't really appreciate me actually being there at their tournament, because, well, I was new, and I was also a good player. I mean, I won some, top eight at some really big uh, events and stuff, so... And they told me that I take it too seriously, and they don't like players like that, and whatever. And he really ruined my day, um... Because uh, I came there to play just for fun. I mean, it's not a format that you can play in paper like every day. Uh, oh, I know, so. I know, right? I'd love to be able to play yeah. vintage if I could afford it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but then suddenly, um, uh, I found out that he's also totally fine. I was staying there over with uh, other players, and I mean, he came to me in the morning. He he asked if I want, you know, like eggs and stuff, and like for breakfast. And he told me about his life and about the experiences, you know, like. I don't know what happened. And I was like, this is a <laughs> totally different. I know. I can't person. hear you all of a sudden now. 
Oh, so that's maybe me. Did I lose you? Did I? Nope. Can you hear me at all? Oh, no. Did my freaking crap go all crazy? Hello? Okay, I'll check my... Hold on. Okay. Oh, there you go. No, it was me. It was me. I muted myself somehow. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about well, that. It... <laughs> At quali- quality radio right now. So. Well, it can happen to me too, but okay, so. <laughs> no, I don't know what you... <laughs> I, I, I banged my hand against the desk and at the same time is I've got a little um, audio thing here on my yeah. headphones and I guess I hit the audio thing on mute. So sorry about that. Um, I didn't hear anything you said for like the past minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, I was talking about one vintage player that, uh, well, he was giving me a really hard time uh, yeah. because uh, well, they didn't really appreciate me there. Uh I was uh, like the competitive player there. Yeah. Yeah. And well, after the tournament, um, uh, we actually stayed uh, at his place. And in the morning, he was like, uh, hello. And he, you know, he asked me what I want for breakfast. We actually even cooked it. And he told us stories, you know, like from his life, uh, like the magic one and normal one. And he was a totally different person. I was like, what the hell? And I was like, why? Why those people cannot, you know, like behave like that uh, at a tournament? I'm like, uh, so that was the first time that I actually saw this kind of difference. And then I noted that it's actually relatively common. I mean, there are other players that uh, are like this. I mean, uh, when they're playing Magic, it's really terrible. But when you see them outside of the LGC, they're fine. I wonder if a lot of that has to deal with people don't know how to play and win or lose gracefully well who knows yes it's also a possibility yes i mean and then of course who knows what the heck was going on with that person at the time they were playing too and you know if they're going through something personal in their life so i mean it's i notice less of that kind of behavior when i go to gps or bigger tournaments Mm -hmm. i mean it's still it's still there and all that, but it's definitely more prominent when you go to a local LGS for an FNM or, you know, maybe go there for a weekend EDH thing or something like that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, I'm lucky to have a at least close knit group of people in real life that I can play magic with. I mean, mm. when we, when we can all get together and have time, that's our biggest thing is we don't have time. Um, but it's, so at least I know a good group of people for that. But like I said, one of the things that I face a lot is just straight up immaturity. And it's just, I've talked about it before on the podcast and it's, it's not fun. It just makes mm. me not want to go play match. Sometimes it just makes me want to quit magic altogether where it's like, well, I don't want to deal with these kind of people anymore. You know? Yeah. And, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And while the online community is really good, um, and heck, even playing magic online, it's, um, I mean, you still meet, the ass hat here once in a while, you know the, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the people who think they're God's gift to magic and all that, and it's those are always fun. But um, yeah. So how long have you been playing magic for? Mm, I'm not really sure. It's certainly over twenty years. Um, or oh man, so maybe twenty three or something like that. Um, because I started when the dark was out. Um, so oh, okay. that's when I first uh, started playing the game. Uh, I didn't oh, have my own cards at the time. 94? 
Uh, yeah. The dark come out. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, well, I just played with the cards that or decks that someone provided me. Uh, yeah. But I really liked the game, even though I was very little. Yeah, and I wanted more. I wanted to learn the game. I wanted to build my own decks and stuff. So later, I got some cards from well, other players that well, uh, they gave me you know, like comments and comments, mostly unplayable cards. But still, I could work with something and create something oh, yeah. that actually worked sometimes. And and I started playing more so seriously. Like uh, I went to to places where people gathered and played magic. Well, and in my city was actually known for having the best players uh, from our country. And one of them is also the world champion. So uh, oh, nice. <laughs> I started <laughs> playing there. Uh, I started playing limited because they were playing mostly limited, and I was the worst player there, obviously. <laughs> I <laughs> never won a match, you know. Yeah. And a few years later, I I started playing in in Prague, yeah, in the capital city, and I suddenly found out that winning in Magic is actually easy. So um, <laughs> that that was kind of funny because I never experienced that, you know, like before. Um, yeah. So. That's how I started. Um, it was actually thanks to my uh, cousins, who like uh, they liked war gaming a lot, uh, but they were also playing uh, card games. So they were playing Doom Trooper and Magic, and they were actually pretty good at that. So that's how I found out that the game exists. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I've been playing Magic. I guess now for over twenty twenty years too, uh, on and off, not straight through. As I started in Urza's block and um, mm-hmm. went from there. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you have a large collection or have you had to? <laughs> oh, yes, uh, I do. <laughs> um, I have, well, I don't know, uh, but my collection is really large. I mean, I could be selling those cards uh, for years. And that's actually something I've been doing because. Uh, I didn't have a job for quite a while, for a few years, and yeah. and the only thing I could do was uh, either sell my cards or start uh, really trading with them. So that's what I um, started doing, and I also started playing you know, like competitively, so I could earn some money, and it actually worked out. Oh, that's good. That's so good. I got um, anything from vintage to well, even standard. <laughs> <laughs> so so vintage is your favorite format yes i would say so uh i would say that my most favorite format is uh one inch car singleton or vintage cube and but it would be followed by vintage um the yeah. thing with with the uh, regular formats how to say that is that they sometimes get uh, uh well i don't want to say unplayable but they're like um there are times that are really bad. Like we had uh, the mentor versus shops meta game for a while, and it was pretty yeah. bad. So I wasn't really playing vintage at the time. So. <laughs> um, what 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 vintage decks are you playing right now? Well, right now uh, I 
I play mentor. Yes, many others, I guess. <laughs> That's the deck, uh, the mentor control that uh, I would bring to any tournament. But if I know that uh, I can play just for fun and like, then uh, I like uh, Esper control by splashing Leovold. And it's good against uh, Storm and well, all these combo decks and also other blue decks. But if there's shops around, then it's just, just loses. So I don't take it to big tournaments because uh, that would, that would uh, not really work. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to try that because uh, Kambal, uh, I'm not sure if, if it's Council of Allocation, the yeah. card, the name, uh, It's uh, it seemed to be really good. I mean, if you play that in Vintage and no one can get rid of it, then they will eventually die. So it's like, okay, let's try it and see <laughs> what it does. <laughs> Do you do you play the um what is it that other format that ninety three ninety four format at all? Well, sometimes I do. Yes, uh, it's. I I know nothing speed. about that meta. I, I know very <laughs> little about vintage meta. There's a little fly flying around my face right now, and uh, can't get rid of it. But um, uh, I know nothing. I know very little about vintage format, and I know nothing about ninety three ninety four format except the card pool. That's about it. Well, I would recommend everyone to actually try old school um, because uh, that format is very diverse and you can build all kind of decks in terms of archetypes. I mean, you can see that you've got a really aggressive deck. You've got, you know, like control. You can play. You can do you know, like uh, the bazaar. You can play a reanimator or uh, all kind of decks that are like uh, on the spectrum of the decks you can actually play uh, not really mid-range because at the time you didn't really have you know all those good cards so I mean, like the the deck which is the best kind of is called the deck and that plays all the good cards uh, but it's still a control deck so um, okay. uh, so is it so if I remember correctly that format you literally can only play with the cards printed in those two years? Mm-hmm, like, yes. Like, say, Soul Ring or something, you couldn't play with a Soul Ring that was printed in Commander 2013? Yes, exactly. Yes, you have okay. to play with, with the old versions <laughs> of the cards, <laughs> and they are very expensive. <laughs> oh, yes, so oh, yes. if someone wants to play that in paper, then uh, the cards, I mean, like Serendipity Freed, for example, I mean, it costs over 500 bucks. Uh, the same for... Only 500 like, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, City of Brass, I mean, that's the same. Um, there are different rules uh, in different regions, because, for example, here we don't play, but, uh, well, strip mine is restricted in, in the United States. I mean, there isn't. So uh, if you want to play, then you should also check the restricted list for the format uh, before you go there. Uh, some... Uh, we also can play with fallen empires in so um, there are differences, but uh, in general, yes, that's uh, what you say. You play with uh, the old cards from those two years, and yeah. that's it. Okay, okay. And um, is there a community, a big community on Magic Online for that for ninety three, ninety four, or not really? Well, the thing with old school is that uh, you want to play with those cards physically, and you want to play with the old cards, and they are not available on Magic Online. I mean, we got uh, Power Nine now uh, in the original Flame, and yeah. in the 
in illustrations, which is really cool. But there are cards that uh, do not exist there, even for old school. And many of the cards are there available only in new frame or a different illustration. So, I mean, you can play old school there. But you don't get that kind of, you know, like the nostalgia feeling um, when you play with cards. Um, but there are people that actually play. Um, yeah, you can find them sometimes uh, in the Just for Fun room. Um. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess changing subjects here a little bit, um, what really got you into content creation? Like, why did you really want to start writing articles? Was there anything that just sort of one day you just woke up like, I'm just going to start writing? Or was uh, it something else that happened? Not really. It's... It's more personally, uh, personal actually, because um, I never really had uh, friends or people I could talk to. Yeah, so when I was very little, uh, well, where I could write, you know, <laughs> I started writing about my experiences uh, from my life. Um, my childhood wasn't really great, so uh, yeah, sometimes I just wanted to share what happened to me. But there wasn't anyone who would listen, so I used to write it down on a piece of paper and hit it somewhere. And that's how I started writing. Later, when I got uh, access to the internet, I started keeping a blog. Uh, well, it was just a page with, well, blog posts, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I was sharing stuff about, uh, I was traveling around uh, a lot. Uh, I was going to many events like conventions, uh, GPs and stuff. So I was writing about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was also writing about cultural differences in, in different countries. And I don't know if anyone actually read that, um, <laughs> but it was uh, something I started to, uh, I was doing that regularly, and sometimes I really had the need to actually write something that people can read and can relate. And when I started playing Magic, uh, way more than, then I started writing about that as well, so, because it's a big part of my life, I mean, I played it <laughs> for a really long time. Um so that's how I uh, started. But I was never doing that like seriously that I would be producing articles. Um, yeah. I was writing mostly reports from events. Uh, and then there were some uh, sites uh, in our country that approached me and they said that if I don't want to be writing for them. Uh, so I started. Um, it didn't really end up well because uh, our community is very well toxic. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, many people just hated my content uh, for no reason so I didn't really want to continue doing that but but then I was like um, someone there were other people that were actually telling me to start writing and they were from you know like all over the world and they even suggested that I would uh, write for MTG Goldfish or other uh, other website and I was like okay I'm not maybe not really ready for that but I could start somewhere yeah that's how I found out about pure MTGO and started writing for them nice um, nice and um, I'm only gonna have to guess here that you work a lot with Joshua um, on pure oh, MTGO yes. mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I work with him a lot on Legit MTG, the other website that he manages. So um, that's that's how I met him. And um, so I'm looking at some of your articles here. Um, I guess when it comes to writing magic articles, what are some of your process or I guess some of the the steps that you take to try to think of an article that you want to write, actually write it down and, you know, go from there. What, what are some of the steps to that? Well, I guess it depends on the article. Um, because I've got, for example, introductory series for vintage and legacy. Uh, mm. So when I was writing that, I wanted to find out what the basics are. I wanted to find out what defines the format and a way how to show what people should expect and how well they should learn that well dying is okay <laughs> in vintage <laughs> because it's going to happen if yeah. you don't know the format and um, most people will probably be surprised how how easily they can lose the game and so that is uh, why I actually started that and for legacy it was uh, similar um but I have to make the to find the distinction between the two formats. So I mean, like vintage is for for uh, around uh, fast mana and the restricted cards, and legacy is about uh, efficiency mostly, uh, like in the mana base. And so I just started to think about that. I wrote all those points down. Uh, I checked the. Tag archetypes and try to figure out how to write about it. And then I also I have a lot of experience playing uh, those formats and with you know like in real life. So I've seen many people struggle struggle through that. Um, so what people struggle with is, for example, wasteland in Legacy. Uh, there are many people that <laughs> still don't know how to play brainstorm. Uh, I mean, Jace the Mindsculptor was a problem for many players. So. That's uh, that's how I was trying to put everything together and write something that uh, would make sense. Um, but then, for example, if there is an article about the deck, um, what I usually do is, well, first I buy the deck, or if I don't have the cards, I play with it. <laughs> well, usually when I decide to write about it, it uh, probably means that I already played a lot with it. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why I actually want to write about it. Uh, for example, in Modern, uh, when I was writing about Eldrazi and Daxis, the reason was uh, that I was looking for a deck that would have more or less a flat win percentage against uh, other decks and would be more on the control side of things rather than being either aggressive or, you know, like a linear combo. So I wanted to explore that and show people that this kind of decks can still exist. And at the time when I wrote the article, the deck was actually good. It was well positioned. Uh, the article was uh, actually published later, so it missed the, the window. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because someone else had the same idea and submitted the deck uh, yep. <laughs> as well on the day, so so that's uh, that's the reason why. So I I played with the deck a lot, and then I wrote down um, you know like wrote down the deck to to show people what it does. Um, and well, so I guess well, <laughs> it takes weeks um, because okay. there's a lot of thinking. Uh, in the process, and sometimes I start uh, 
writing that and I rewrite it like 10 times, so well, not really, but 5 is actually a number that is realistic. I mean, the last article I wrote about modern, I started writing that like last year and this is like a seventh iteration of it, so... Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, what's the title? Modern. My thoughts about the format. Yes. Okay. Okay. So basically, it sounds like it sounds like you put a lot of hours into each article. At least it sounds like. A, what do you think are the average amount of hours you put in for each article? Mm-hmm. At least when it comes to research, actually writing it, and just trying to think of a topic you're trying to talk about. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, it takes... Uh, I mean, the fastest I actually wrote an article, it took about, like, eight days, like a week. I usually start two weeks before, or at the, because I was writing articles weekly, and I usually needed to start uh, four, mu- four weeks before the actual publishing day. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I managed to do it in eight days or so. But it was something that um, but usually it takes longer. I mean, I do other stuff, and like I have a day yeah. job, and I play Magic <laughs> as well, <laughs> and no, that I know takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, okay, so what are, I, I guess, do you dive into any other kind of content creation? I know you have a YouTube channel as well. And I see some, at least some Magic Arena videos on there. Do you do that a lot? Uh, I don't. Uh, I wanted to start. I was actually streaming for a while uh, of Magic Online, not Arena. Yeah. And it was actually kind of fun. I I got few people that were watching, but I mean, it wasn't like I could have a schedule for that. Um. So I wasn't really sure if it's still a good thing to do because I would just start the stream one day and I would have to tell everyone that I stream or or not. And (laughs) so I I decided not to do that. But on the other hand, it was actually a really good experience because I can actually do that. I'm not the entertaining type, but there are people that uh, I actually got feedback from from many players and they said that it's good and it's mostly because I explain what I do and it usually gives insight um, you know on what is happening in the game and so we can understand what both decks are trying to do and I mean even when I was playing limited uh, I actually got good feedback for that too I'm not a well or at least I don't consider myself a limited player but it was um, it was nice to hear because um, that's actually the first time someone actually said something good about me playing Magic. It's not happening here when I go somewhere uh, into our LGC, then it's never going to happen. So I wanted to um, later, you know, like in the future, I wanted to provide uh, videos, video content, but mm-hmm. it takes uh, also a lot of time. Oh yes, <laughs> and I'm not really sure if I uh, if I would be able to do that. So I'm trying to do some videos uh, from time to time. Uh, I don't usually publish them because uh, it's not good. Um, yeah, but I'm slowly learning. It's really tough. Yeah, 
it, it's I the the biggest thing is just like you said is the time. It's I just now started doing video podcasts because mm-hmm. at least if I'm gonna record myself, you know, an hour just talking, might as well right. hey put put on the camera and I can do the same thing. There's very very little editing that I have to do mm. for that. But as far as as I've tried my hand at deck techs and other stuff like that and it's just i don't i don't have time to do it because i sure i have time to actually record the video but then it's Mm, all the editing i I just can't sit there and edit because one my add will just start being all i'd rather go you know go outside and play or you know Mm -hmm. or work out i mean and um (laughs) do something else so no i i get it it's tough it's tough um so yeah, I I do want to bring up um, Magic Arena real quick. Um, I guess what are some of your thoughts on Magic Arena so far? Are you still playing it? Because it looks like the last video you released on your YouTube video or YouTube channel was about a month ago. Uh, yes, that's correct. It's uh, I actually played with the corset uh, release, and I mm-hmm. wanted to publish that, but I, I think that it's not worth actually watching, so I decided not to do that. Uh, but it's true that uh, since Dominaria, uh, I decided to, to stop playing the game. Uh, well, I've been invited to, to Arena in November, uh, like last year, uh, so yeah, I was... Yeah, so I, I got the invite too, and I've been playing it on and off since then. Um, yeah, what I wanted to do was to play um, as much as I could and see how the game you know, like develops and what it can offer the players and also see the direction of it because it wasn't really clear at the beginning what Wizards of the Coast uh, wanted to do with it and, nope. and many people that's also why I wrote the article uh, Magic Arena versus Magic Online because uh there are many people that are afraid that uh, Arena would just, you know, replace Modo. It's not really going to happen. I yeah. thought I thought I was in that camp at first. I thought it was really going to replace Modo, and mm-hmm. I was actually all for like, go ahead, replace Magic Online, do it, get rid of it, because <laughs> oh. it's. I mean, as much as I like Magic Online, it's so antiquated. It's so <laughs> old looking. It's bad. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um. But. Well, people should, you know, just see that what we need in Magic is, yeah, something new that actually looks like a game and is fast. And yeah. can, you know. <laughs> uh, and it works, because that's, um, yeah, one of the problems of Magic Online, uh, unfortunately. Um, that it's buggy, and some people just can't deal with that. Um, I've been there myself, uh, but, I mean... For example, uh, I'll just digress a bit uh, because I attacked, you know, in a seal deck, uh, and my opponent played a creature. Uh, just, you know, like flashed a creature in, blocked everything, but he was still being dealt uh, lethal damage, and all his all his creatures were supposed to die, and it didn't happen. And I got <laughs> so angry. I was like, okay, so I just uh, he let me win. The match. I mean, he conceded, so I was glad that he did that. But I was really angry because this is something that should really never happen. And yeah. I finally understood that there are people that 
when something like this happens, they're like, okay, I quit, and I'm not coming back. <laughs> and it took me a month to actually come back to Magic Online and play, so yeah, I was playing daily, so uh, it's like... And now with Arena, it's... Um, well, I think that they need to breach, uh, you know, like... Uh, because when you have new players, they can play, they could start, you know, like Magic Duels, but yeah. they never had something in between Magic Online and uh, Duels, and yeah. the only thing they could do was to transition into paper, but the problem is that it's often very difficult, or at least here it's almost impossible. I mean, we, we got some players here that came here that were like, uh, we started on Magic Duels, and we'd like to see how it looks like at a tournament. But unfortunately, the players here at tournaments, they think in a totally different way. So we need something in the middle uh, so the players could figure out how to play, you know, like at a higher level and play actually the real game, which wasn't the case case with uh, Magic Duels. And Arena is something that's going to actually do that. Um, yes, yes. And I, I think one of the things that they could really benefit from is if they do something similar to the Pokemon online model, mm-hmm. where if yeah. you actually buy a booster pack, you know, hey, you get a booster pack on Magic Arena. Maybe it's a five-card booster pack instead of, you know, a full one that you can buy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something. But it, it would really start enticing Arena players to, hey, I can go out and buy a physical booster pack and start actually playing with the real cards. Yes, that's that's true, yeah. Well, I understand that it's very tricky because uh, they cannot... I mean, there's already Modo in the paper game. It's really difficult mm-hmm. to put something else in between uh, and not destroy all that that we already have here. Um, but I still think that Arena, for the time being, is not really successful. I know it's in beta. It's a closed beta still, mm-hmm. I guess. And... I think that it should clearly show us what it wants to do, yeah, and then we can see if it can be successful or not. But branching out in all directions and allowing players to play whatever they want, I think that is something that it's not going to work, actually. Uh, I personally think that Arena should be more of the game that should give us the possibility to play everything, but we should put some effort to actually be able to play that. Uh, so we can actually learn. Um, so do, do you mean have Arena have more formats besides standard and limited, you mean? or? Well, I mean, for example, we've got now we've got the best of one matches and best of three matches. Yeah. We've got the quick draft in uh, competitive draft, which is almost a normal draft in a way. And... Those uh, formats, let's say, kind of, are already very different. And it's the same for quick constructed in in the competitive constructed. And so, for example, I mean, there was... Um, you couldn't enter the competitive draft with uh, gold. You had to enter with the gems, with the premier currency. And mm-hmm. I think this is actually fine. So, so people... You know that they would actually try uh, together. You know, like um, um, well, I don't know, maybe not. Uh, what people are actually missing is uh, another the competitive aspect, like and the possibility to actually 
do something that matters. I mean, like, so if they could win a tournament, so they could join a PT um, or qualify for it. So I don't know if that would happen because, I mean, you have to grind so much in Magic Arena just to even get a good deck or you just purchase a lot of booster packs and mm. i mean at mm. least with magic online you can just buy the singles you need you know which is the actual kind of real magic experience you <laughs> yeah, experience yeah, in true. real life yeah. with arena it's either grind you know for 10 hours a day or you know start putting in some money in it and get the to try to get the deck you want i don't i, I mean if if Wizards were to do like a PT invite or something like that in Magic Arena, maybe to like the top, top, top ladder player or something, mm-hmm. or I don't know, I'd be very surprised if they did that. Yeah, I would be surprised too. But uh, the thing is that uh, when I was talking to the players around uh, that play Arena, they this is one of the things that was missing for them. I mean, if they don't have the meaning to actually do something like this, then they're like, okay, why play this? Because there's artifact, there's um, Hearthstone, and we can win, you know, like a lot of money in those events. And it's actually true. And you don't need to be playing at the top level, actually. Uh, well, I can see Wizards doing their own kind of arena tur- tournaments mm. just specifically for that. And maybe. That's where you get a PT invite, you know, if you win that, you know, yeah. arena tournament or something like that. And plus the thing with arena that I really like is it's a lot more streamer friendly or mm-hmm. where if they do stream an arena tournament, it's going to be easier to watch and understand for the casual viewer of what's going on. Because let's be honest, even Magic Online and even Paper Magic, if you aren't invested in the game like you and I are, you don't know what's going on. A, a casual player is probably going to think, what the hell's going on here? I don't know. It, especially, like, can imagine someone brand new to Magic. They understand Standard, right? And <laughs> then they go and watch a Legacy or Modern tournament. Their minds are going to be blown. Like, w- what is this? You know, w- what are all these cards? What do you mean Snapcaster Mage can bring yeah. something back from the <laughs> graveyard? You know, <laughs> I don't understand. Because that, that was definitely me getting into, you know, Vintage and Legacy. Like, wait, what do you mean I, I can, in, or is it like shops, you mean I can stop people mm. from playing Magic, pretty much? You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, that's true. Uh, but I think that in Arena, there will be the same problem, actually. Okay, I haven't really seen many people stream Arena or something. Because I don't, obviously I don't have problem, you know, like playing arena. I, yeah. I, often when I played against someone in arena, you could see that they were reading all the cards, like both mine and theirs. And yeah. I didn't, I, I usually don't move my cursor, you know, like uh, around much. And, uh, and also we, we talked about this with my flatmate because, well, he's also playing magic, but he was, mm-hmm. he never played with Ixalan when, so when he joined, he was asking me, you know, questions about the cards like for example what does explore do so i told him what it does and then i was like it's not written on the card you know and <laughs> and then i checked in in arena and it wasn't actually there and i mean even if you have the card in your hand or it's on the battlefield that you don't see what the cards do you see the yeah. name and you see the illustration so you still need to know what the cards do 
Oh, oh yeah, of course. I just mean uh, for the the casual viewer who yeah. may not be that invested in magic. It's it's a lot easier to follow a game in a magic arena compared yeah, to I say so, paper yeah. or or even um magic online. I mean, just like Hearthstone's a good example where you know, you don't have to know every card in Hearthstone, but it's pretty easy to tell what's going on in, mm-hmm. in Hearthstone for the most part for the casual player. No. So, and, and that that is one benefit to Magic Arena, but um, I don't know. It's I feel like it's going to have a hard time capturing the more um, veteran Magic audience, su- such mm-hmm. as myself, because it's I don't I don't have a lot of time to play Magic Online, right? It's mm-hmm. n- normally when I when I load up Magic Online now, it's I want to play a game of Commander, Popper, or maybe a Modern match because those mm-hmm. are the only formats I play on Magic Online. Um, and then if I load up Magic Arena, it's like okay, I got to grind just to get a deck I want. Now, if they ever yeah. implemented Brawl in Magic Arena, I would definitely be down for that. I wouldn't mind playing for that. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I mean. I hope so, eventually. Um, But But we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I I think that the economic uh, model in Arena has to change. And it's also about, you know, like uh, finding the people for who... who I'm like on the motto, or for us, it's easier to buy a deck and just play with it because we know we can sell the cards and do whatever them what we want to do and in arena you can actually do the same thing i mean you can buy the packs you know open them and then from the wild cards that then get what you want uh but obviously we don't like this model and there are many people who don't like it i mean even those that play free to play games um but like it's uh well it's different i mean it's not for us so no Yeah, we'll see, and maybe they'll get it through their head. I mean, even if they just had a Hearthstone model where you could dust cards and all that, that would be so much better. I mean, (laughs) yes, you don't even have to call it dusting; call it something else. Call it, I don't know. Well, I mean, or sparking. I I don't know, sparking cards or something. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but just something because it's it's like I said, it feels like it takes forever to get the deck you want because you can't craft cards. I mean, you have the wild cards, but those are so few and far between, or at least it feels like it to me. Cause I don't grind a whole lot in arena. Maybe I'm completely wrong. So I don't know, but then again, I just don't have time for that, you know? Mm. But, um, I, I think, I think it's a good step that wizards is taking and I'm excited to see <laughs> what it yeah. can, what it, what it will do at least for the magic community. Um, but I really feel like at least when it comes to online, it's going to really split the community between arena people and magic online people, which it already has anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's when you look at Twitch, there's people that just purely play arena versus just magic online. So, I mean, I, I guess that's bound to happen. Yeah. I think this is, uh, I mean, it's going to do just good for the game. I think so. Um, and I mean, if it injects some new lifeblood to getting people from playing Arena to the actual magic cards, the mm-hmm. physical cards, yeah. then hey, it's doing its job then. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And 
no, I'm excited about that. There was something else I wanted to bring up about your YouTube channel here. And um, it looks like you play, um, I, I guess it's what, Step Mania now? Because DDR isn't around anymore, is it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, is, is DDR still? I thought they don't make any DDR games anymore. Well, there's Ace. Uh, I guess that's the last one. <laughs> um, I mean, the well, because you can find Pump It Up videos in Dance Dance Revolution once, and they still, you know, like, produce new games. Uh, both Konami and Andamira, so... Um, and there are also still events in that, so... Oh, okay. I used to love DDR when I had my, um... <laughs> when, I mean, I still have my PlayStation 2, but I used to have the, um... um I, I first had the the... Not the paper mat, but the plastic one or whatever mm-hmm. that I'd hook mm-hmm. up to. And then I got an actual, you know, board mat for the steps. And, oh, I used to love me some DDR, too. I used to play the <laughs> hell out of that. Oh. So I, I see you putting the <laughs> videos up there, and it's just bringing back memories of, oh, my gosh, I want to play again now. <laughs> well, you can, maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, I'd be so bad at it, though. Because I used to be pretty decent. I mean, I don't even remember the levels of difficulty they had in it. Um, cause I used to be able to do whatever the one right below the, the, the hardest difficulty was. And even then that was tough, mm-hmm. especially for some songs. But so are, how long have you been playing those kind of games? Those, I, what, what are the, what are those games called? Like what's the genre of them? Music games or? Well, it's a written game or a music game. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm not entirely sure when exactly I started. I think it was in 2004 or five. Yeah, I think 2004. Um, my sister, she got me a soft bath and, well, step mania. And, well, it didn't last for long. I mean, like the, the bed broke in like two days or something. <laughs> uh, but I still wanted to try and play so I shadowed uh, for a while and then I went to one convention uh, the biggest one in, in our country and someone had their Stepmania set up and I saw people playing some you know like fours, fives uh, and they were utterly failing <laughs> and uh, they seemed to like one song I don't know if you remember uh, Sakura uh, it's from DDR Extreme it's uh, one of the dance uh, I- like uh, one of the hardest songs that were available at the time and I said that uh, I asked if I can try the game and I said that okay I can play this song but maybe on the uh, uh, like harder difficulty because I thought that the difficulty they were playing was too easy Um, but I didn't know that it was 4 at the time and I didn't know that the other difficulty is (laughs) 8 so they put it there, and uh, we made a bet that if I passed the song, that well, they would give me something. So actually, and <laughs> so I tried, and I cleared the song. So everyone was like, "Wow!" And me as well, because I didn't expect that. Uh, so this is how I started playing. So uh, yeah. through the convention, I just played and played, and managed to get to to be able to pass the tens, some of them, um, and. The next year I was invited to the European Championships and World Championships later. So um, I played for a while for a few years uh, during that time, for like four years. And then you I stopped. You competitively? Um, well, I guess you can say so. Because, 
Well, at least I went to the Euro Cup and World Cup, and I played uh, played at the events that were around uh, Europe, because we didn't have any machines here. So if you if I wanted to go and play the game, I had to travel for at least five or six hours to actually uh, play on the machine. So it wasn't that easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, then I stopped for like 10 years and I started uh, this year again because, uh, well, it's a long story, but, well, one of the arcades, um, well, arcade bar, uh, they bought a machine, uh, Pump It Up uh, Pro, and so I started playing on that. Um, And there's European Championships or, well, Euro Cup next week, so uh, I'm going there. I'm probably going to lose a lot, <laughs> but hopefully it's going to be fun. Oh, that's cool though. Um, so, did you ever play any of the Just Dance games? Because I I know those aren't exactly the same as like DDR or anything like that. But um, do you enjoy those games at all? Uh, well, I played uh, I don't know how it's called Dance Evolution, uh, which is the Konami's version of that, uh, and. But my problem is that uh, when I see someone dance in front of me and I'm supposed to do the same dance, then I actually do it um, like uh, not mirrored. Like I do it oh, exactly I as I mean. see it. So I, and I, I never learned to do it the other way around. So I cannot play that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's um, my daughters have just dance um, for the Wii U and. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I don't know. I think I'm more of a DDR fan more than anything. Just give me, you know, I, I'd rather play that if I'm going to play a dance game. No. <laughs> no, but um, no, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm seeing some of the videos here. It's, um, I don't know. It just looks a lot of fun. I just wanted to bring it up because I loved playing DDR when I was younger. And not that I was really any good at it. It was, but it was just a lot of fun, though back then um do you have any other hobbies that you do or anything like that or what are some of the other things that you enjoy besides magic and uh dance games well i like to paint or draw Uh, oh nice (laughs) and i also like to sing but uh, i'm not really sure if people (laughs) would want to hear me (laughs) (laughs) some people would run away i guess that's how i feel i mean i like singing and you ever heard any of the songs i do on the podcast probably just <laughs> mm-hmm. i've lost i've probably lost so many listeners because of that but i don't care mm. yeah and well i like to do all kind of stuff uh mostly creative stuff i like creating things so uh that's how i started you know like painting and doing magic cultures and stuff like that so oh so you do some alterings too uh, yes. Do you do a lot of them, or just whenever you feel like it, or? Um, just whenever I feel like it. It's it's rather rare, uh, because uh, for me it's really difficult, you know, to come here and you know take out my brushes and paints and <laughs> start painting. <laughs> and uh, so I mostly do uh, digital stuff. So I paint uh, mostly digitally. Um, but sometimes I also do something uh, like on, on actually paper or art, so. and and I like that. Um. Okay, nice, nice. So I guess before we wrap things up here, um, 
what is in store for you? What's in your future? Are you going to continue to keep writing magic articles? Or are you going to be trying to dive into anything else? Any other kind of content or anything like that? Well, what, I what do we have? What, what's in store? I'd like to continue writing. Uh, so as long as I play magic and can contribute, uh, I would like to continue writing. Uh, I wanted to focus on doing some video content as well, but so far I'm trying to uh, figure out how to actually talk about something and you know, like <laughs> stay <laughs> on the topic <laughs> and then also yeah. somehow conclude, which is obviously not that easy as I thought. Uh, even if I actually write a script of the video, then it doesn't really work for me. And so that is something I'd like to do, but I'm not really sure if I get there. So we'll see about that. Okay. Um, I also wanted to do some interviews, but unfortunately, the people that I wanted to interview, they are busy. So yeah, that's it's one of the hard things, especially with doing a podcast when you're interviewing people. It's just mm-hmm. the logistics of yeah. getting around to doing it. So, um, where can people find you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Where can people find you online? If they um, want to, you know, reach out to you or check out your stuff or anything like that. Well, I think that the easiest would be to go check my Twitter account, which is at SSUNGP. Um, and because from there you can get everywhere else. Um, and there's uh, there should be a direct link to my pure MTGO articles, uh, my blog, and my YouTube channel or Twitch. So you can go there and check it out. And, uh, you can check uh, some of my altars uh, or paintings at uh, com. And there are also tools for magic writers. Uh, if you are a writer uh, and you need, you know, like uh, your cards to <laughs> show the card, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, like the link to show the card. Yeah, then yeah. Uh, you can go see it and how it works and use it if you don't have anything of yours. Yeah, it creates also, it generates also decklists in um, Parsis draft logs. So you can check that out too. Awesome. Uh, and that would be at uh, com slash dagchan. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, I mean, there, okay. I've got a Facebook page, uh, which is Estung Altars. If you look for it, then you'll be able to find me. But I'm not really that active there, so I usually just post stuff at Twitter. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, great. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on, and I really appreciate uh, taking your time out of your day to you know come on and chat with me about magic and content creation and also ddr as well too or or dance games um i'm gonna call it ddr forever but um all right well great um i guess we can just end it here and thank you for coming on yeah thank you very much for inviting me and it was great (laughs) oh you're welcome all right well have a great day